Hello, and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we take happiness from the abstract to the concrete in the 20s. This week, we'll talk about why you might pick a one word or one phrase theme for the new year, and we'll talk about a tough situation involving a listener's daily walk. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and I'm talking with my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. And Elizabeth, I look forward to our many sisterly adventures in 2020. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And Gretchen, it is Clean Slate Day. Yes. January 1st. January 1st. It's an auspicious day. I have to say... Alyssa, it only like in the last few days hit me that not only is it a new year, it is the new decade. It is the 20s. Yes, it's like the roaring 20s all over again. They're coming back, and I somehow feel like the number 2020 is like an auspicious. Oh, yeah. It feels like very, it feels very full of promise. So very exciting. January 1st. 2020. We're, we're starting okay. the new year. Before we launch in, I do want to mention for people who would like to do a happiness project experience in the new year. I have been talking to people about happiness for years, and I really do think that with a little bit of thought about how to incorporate more happiness into daily life, we really can boost our happiness. And so for people who want to do a happiness project like I did, but maybe need a little bit more structure, I created this online course, the Happiness Project Experience. Um, registration closes on January 20th, but the course really begins now, and there's great material in January. So if you are intrigued, do not wait. You can start today um, by just go to GretchenRubin.com slash T-H-P-E. That's for the Happiness Project experience. If you want to join in and do a happiness project this year. And Gretchen, today is day one of Walk 20 for 20. So we each have to walk 20 minutes today. Yes. And I want to aim for more than I usually walk because I usually walk a certain amount and this is like upping the game. So yes, 20 for 20. It's exciting. I I feel there's a lot of promise. I'm so excited that everybody's going to join in on us on our walk for 20 and 20. Yeah. Everybody post a photo of yourself doing your first 20 minutes. Yes. Um, What's our hashtag, Gretch? Do we have a hashtag for this? Hashtag walk 20 for 20. All right. Yes. This is the first one. So that's super exciting. Yes, absolutely. Everybody do it. I cannot wait. I really do think this is the kind of thing that could actually make by the end of the year, like think obligers, think about your future self and how happy you will be. Rebels, challenge yourself. People are saying, hey, someone like you could never walk for 20 minutes every single day in 2020. And you're like, oh yeah, well, I'll show you. Questioners, Mm -hmm. there is so much research showing the value of doing this. Upholders, it's just going to feel good to add something to your list that you can check off so easily. You're going to feel so good. There's something for everybody. Walk for 20 and 20. And listen, this week, our Try This at Home tip, switching gears from kind of the very specific to a little bit more transcendent, is to choose a one-word theme for the year or a one-phrase theme for the year. Yeah, and Gretchen, we do this every year. Um, It's one of our favorite things to do. In episode 201, we talked about picking our themes for 2019. Your word last year was growth. Yes, and in previous years, I've had upgrade, bigger, lighten up repurpose and delegate, all of which I think about even now all the time. And 
You had a very intriguing choice last year, Elizabeth. Yes, last year it was the number six because I was trying to get to a size six and I wanted to get my A1C, which is sort of my diabetes number in the sixes. I had success, not total success, but more, much more than I would have had without the number six. So I'm going to declare that victory. Some of my other words have been free time, style, Hot Wheels. That was when I was having trouble driving. Novel, home, and control. Yeah, well, and I think one of the things that we see in our own choices and in, in choices that other people send us is that it's it's important what the word is. That it's a word that oh, yeah. feels rich and powerful, or a phrase like you had. Fr- you had phrases like free time. It's two words. It's a phrase. And often, I feel like the most successful ones kind of are rich and they work in multiple levels. Like I remember when you picked novel, you it mm. had multiple meanings because it's a word that has can go in a lot of different directions. Yes, I was trying to write a novel, but I also wanted to do novel things. Yeah. And it, I think then it just, it kind of, it, it can percolate through your life in a different way because, because it has more shades of meaning. Here is a great one um, that someone sent us a phrase, and this came from Kim. The theme she's developing is curate constantly. I want to be more acutely aware of the things I'm consuming, books, media, social media, relationships, conversation, tasks, and all tangible things. My goal is to make all additions to my life or subtractions of time, energy, or resources deliberately curated and intentional. I should add that I'm a rebel, so I adore the idea of all this constant (laughs) decision-making. Oh, that's great. Yeah, but I love that. Curate constantly. That's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, and then Gretchen, we also um, really enjoyed hearing about Wendy's word. She says, my word for 2020 is milestone. I have two graduations this year, my eighth grader and my high school senior. Once I chose my word, I stumbled into another milestone. I made a new friend, and we decided to train to run a 5K together. I've always wanted to, though I didn't run until about a week ago (laughs) and have never run a race. Goal created. I believe the word milestone will be like a hug around my year, helping me to appreciate and savor special moments, maybe even to recognize or create more of them. I like that hug around her year. That's so nice. But and I think that's exactly right. That by identifying a theme or, a, you know, that keyword, I think you do recognize more opportunities. That's part of it is like you want to raise your awareness. So you're like, oh, this is a great way. This is a milestone. I could recognize this milestone. Curate constantly. I see an opportunity. This is a way I could curate. Like it, it makes it kind of more active in your imagination and therefore it's easier to, to um, follow up on it. And you know, Gretchen, um, Sarah and I have a Happier in Hollywood Facebook group and people in our Facebook group have just started posting their words. I didn't even ask them to. The stall <laughs> just sort of started spontaneously. Um, so I've been looking at everyone's words. Um, I just wanted to share some because there's yeah. so many good ones. Listen, open-hearted, eliminate. I thought that was interesting. Consistency, adventure, focus, nourish, laughter. Always good to have laughter. And then one that I found really interesting, probably because I had the number six last year, is somebody chose 333 as their word for the year. And they said it was their lucky number their whole life. So the goal is to get her weight to 133, running or walking (laughs) 3.33 miles a day, five to six days a week. So I appreciated the 333. 
I think that's great. Like pick a lucky number and just sort of like have it like pop. It feels, it just feels, it's a little bit of whimsy. Elizabeth, you and I yeah. love a little bit of whimsy and it's just fun to see it moving through your days that way. Um, and the fact is, you know, there is no right way or wrong way. I mean, we talk about picking a word or a phrase, but then sometimes people will pick sort of a sentence, kind of more of a motto. And Vanessa wrote, I have this theory that you're going to pay one way or the other. Example, pay for good food and exercise now or pay medical bills with bad health later. Perhaps you could have a small placard you see that asks you, how would you like to pay? So you could even have that, the phrase like how to pay. Yeah. It's like, what do you want uppermost in your mind in 2020? And whatever that is, that's what your sort of word or theme should center around. Exactly. So drum roll, Elizabeth, what is your one word theme for 2020? Okay. My word is lighter. Ooh, I like it. Um, And that's because sort of continuing with the number six idea, I want to continue to get lighter physically. I want to refocus on that goal because I kind of started off really strong and then I petered off, which happens to a lot of people. Um, And so I want to refocus on getting lighter But I also just want to move more lightly through the world because I feel like I have this great life. I really have everything I want. And yet I sort of walk around with like I have a dark cloud over my head. (laughs) Um, And so I want to more as I sort of tiptoe through the tulips, like I want to actually be like, it's okay, and just carry things more lightly and not get so stressed or anxious or I don't want to catastrophize everything. I just want to move more lightly through the world, be a lighter presence for those around me, but also for myself. Alyssa, that reminds me of one of my very favorite quotations, which I believe I used as one of the epigraphs to a book that I wrote by G.K. Chesterton, where he wrote, it is easy to be heavy, hard to be light. It is hard. Mm, Yes. It's hard to be light. So what do you think you're going to do to try to be lighter? Well, that's a very good question. I mean, I had just been thinking, oh, this will just be my mindset. But um, as I know from you, it's better to have actual concrete ideas. Yeah. So I don't know. How should I do it? Well, I mean, that's something that's really worth thinking about, how you might turn it into concrete, manageable actions, which I really do think that's the way to do it. But one thing I wonder, I know a lot of people sort of have a practice of deliberately kind of when they go home, trying to leave behind their workday worries. Like when you get out of the car, when you step through the front door, you really try to kind of consciously say, now I'm just sort of putting that other part of my brain on mute. And I'm just going to try to enter into this new, this different aspect of my life with a kind of a fresh mindset. Um, Obviously, that's easier said than done. Well, yeah. And it's hard because my work really is like often, you know, I'm getting emails that actually need a response at midnight. Yes. I've seen that happen uh, many times. So I think rather than putting away the, you know, my worries about work, I think it's more about how I see them. I think I have to more just flow with it. Just be like, hey, now this is happening. Rather than resisting or feeling resentful or angry that work intrudes in my life, I think I need to just like go with it and just be like, hey, it's okay. I'm doing what I love. I'm lucky I get to do this. And and just reframing how I see it. Although, mm. again, that's easier said than done. Mm. Um, and... But I do think I can, like, sort of actively work on that. 
Um, and as for getting lighter, well, that I do need to sit down and like actually do some concrete steps because the physical lighter, I don't know which is more difficult, honestly, being physically lighter or mentally lighter. I'll report back yeah. in this next December, uh, which one proved more challenging. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a big, it's a big ambition. It's a big goal, but it's a good goal. And it's a great word. It's a very, it's a very happy it's word. It's a happy word. It and makes me happy. Yeah. Okay, Gretch, so I'm going to be lighter in 2020. What is your word for 2020? Gretchen Rubin, what's your word? I have to say, first of all, your word has kind of like a poetic aspect to it. Mine is like the opposite of poetic. But here's the weird thing about my word. Two people in my life, independently of each other, said to me, this should be your word for next year. And, and hadn't you already picked it at that no, point? No, they independently oh, okay. suggested it. And we're like, this okay. should be your word. And it's, which is so strange, especially when you hear the, wow. what the word is, because it's not a word that I think most people would envision, you know, as they're like, you know, vision board type word. But it is my word. And I, I, I want this to be my theme. And it will, it is my theme, which is infrastructure. Infrastructure. Yes. yes. So it's a very concrete word. It's a very different kind of word the way six was a very different kind of word. Infrastructure, it doesn't have a lot of romance to it. No. No, but it's funny. Two people suggested to me, and also Jamie, my husband's, his whole job is infrastructure. I mean, he yes. like literally, he is a guy, he's like an infrastructure guy. So it's like everything in the universe is like, Gretchen, you got to focus on infrastructure. So what does it mean to you? So infrastructure to me means that I need more help. I need, I mm. need, I need to have more help to do what I want. I want to do more yeah. and to do more, I need more help. And I need to be smarter about doing what only I can do and having the, there, there are ways I think that I have certain infrastructure, but I don't use it enough. It's so it's like the bridge mm. that no cars are going over. Mm -hmm. The bridge is there, but like, you've got to be like, oh, I got to remember to take this exit because there's that bridge. A real problem of, for me is delegation. And in fact, that was one of my years, my words for mm -hmm. a previous year was delegation. I'm not good at delegating. So I need to be more disciplined about thinking about what is it that I can delegate and like making the effort so that I can use the infrastructure that I have. I need to have systems put into place so that things are managed and not just mm. I'm dealing with that or whatever's floating through my consciousness or whatever sort of occurs to me in the moment. I want to be less reactive, more you know, think about what's important, not what's urgent, that whole classic thing. Now, Gretchen, I have to say, this is one of the few times when I do think being an upholder can almost be a disadvantage. 100%. Because you are used to just doing everything yourself, you know, not ask, like not needing outside help. So I actually think it's kind of gratifying as an obliger <laughs> to see an upholder just suffering a tiny bit about something. No, I think you're exactly right. I think because upholders are like, well, I can do it and I, I'll do it better than anybody else. Like that's what we say in our vanity. Mm -hmm. And and that's just not good because I, I need I need infrastructure and I need to use that infrastructure. And the thing is, this is really important for me this year because I had this, you know, I want to write a my next book, I want it to be like a really thoughtful, big book with a lot of ideas in it. And right now I have no structure. I have no thesis yet, which is very common. Like I'm not panicking about that because this is what always happens. I get interested in something. I have to read a bazillion books mm -hmm. and slowly over time I take a million notes and then I begin to understand that I do have an argument and I do have a structure 
and I do know what I want to say, but I have to have a lot of kind of open time for that mm. to happen because I have to read, I have to think, I have to change my mind, I have to be surprised, I have to go down a lot of kind of uh, dead ends in order to find what really matters. And so I need to create the infrastructure that will allow me to create this kind of like openness that I need in my yes. time. Yeah, You really do, because it's sort of the bigger your life gets and your work gets, the harder it is to have all those open hours. So yes. you really do need to create them. They're not just going to happen. Yeah. And it's interesting. Like, I want to think of like, how do I creatively engage with what's kind of a dry idea of infrastructure? So for me, it's like, how do mm. I kind of make it fun? Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to make it fun. I mean, Jamie is very enthusiastic about infrastructure. So I know that some people do find it a very juicy topic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Gretch, of course, once you've picked your theme, the trick is to keep it uppermost in your mind. Yes. And there are many ways to do that. Yeah. Like over the years, people have sent us so many creative ways. And I think that's one of the advantages of having it being one word or one theme is there's a lot you can do with it because it's it's so distilled. It's not like your mission statement where, like, where did you, that going to go? This is like a word. One of my favorites was the woman who said she went to the pet store and got a dog tag made. Yes. That's, like, easy, quick, cool solution with her one-word theme. And then she just, like, stuck it on to various things. Yeah, there's also all kinds of jewelry you can have made. Bracelets yep. Yep. or um, necklaces, rings. So if you, I think, go to, like, Etsy and yep. look around, there's a lot of different ways to have your word on a jewelry. And then a lot of times people use it kind of with tech, like using putting it on their screensaver, using it as a password, like anything yeah. where it just, like, it keeps kind of um, pinging in your mind. I know Sarah writes down her one word theme, I think in her bullet journal, maybe every day. I'm not sure, but potentially. And then some people go very visual and they have like a vision board or they'll decorate it. It's always fun when people send us images of that. So you can sort of adapt it to whatever is kind of the way you go about the world, which is part of what's fun about it too. It's a fun exercise. It is great dinner party talk, Gretchen. Go around and ask people to come up with a one word theme for the year and it always leads to interesting conversation because what it does is it highlights and crystallizes what is someone's priority for the year. And it's just illuminating. Absolutely. So let us know if you do try this at home and how choosing a one word theme works for you. And what is your theme? We are dying to hear your theme. And do you have an interesting way to keep it at the forefront of your mind? Again, we're collecting those as well. Mm -hmm. Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes for this episode. Episode, go to happiercast.com slash 254 for everything related to this episode. Coming up, we have a creative date night hack. But first, this break. Noom is the habit-changing solution that helps users learn to develop a new relationship with food through personalized courses. Based in psychology, Noom teaches you why you do the things you do and empowers you with the tools you need to break bad habits and replace them with better ones. Because everyone's different, Noom adjusts to your lifestyle. They teach you the psychology behind the decisions you make and then help you keep track of everything from workouts and steps to analyze your diet and recommending healthy recipes. Noom also connects you with a personally assigned goal specialist and a community of other Noomers, so you have all the support you need to empower your change. Gretch, you know, I love Noom. I love all the tools it has, especially the step tracker and the weight tracker. I rely on those every day. 
Yep, you don't have to change it all in one day. Small steps make big progress. Sign up for your trial today at noom.com slash happier. That's noom.com slash happier. What do you have to lose? Visit noom.com slash happier to start your trial today. Okay, Elizabeth, now it's time for a happiness hack. Yeah, and Gretchen, this comes from Julie. She says, my husband and I try to have a weekly date night, but we both have time-consuming jobs that make it difficult to plan something unique or it's just draining to go out. As an alternative, we decided to watch our way through all the movies on the American Film Institute's 100 Best Films of All Time list. We watch one movie a week and pair it with a special dinner, takeout, or a meal delivery kit. It's a special night to look forward to, something new each time, but doesn't require lots of planning (laughs) or leaving the house. What a great idea. This is a great idea because it's like, it's the idea of date night, but it's manageable and it works for them. This could be a fun New Year's resolution. It could be an item for a 20 for 20 list. Adapt it to any kind of, you know, list like this. I think this is really fun. I'm going to propose this to Adam. I think this is something he could get behind. (laughs) Yeah. I love this idea. Now, as a speaking of the new year, here is a know yourself better question. Do you like New Year's Eve or are you not such a big fan of New Year's Eve? How do you feel about New Year's Eve? Yes, this is people are very polarized. (laughs) I would say I'm someone who doesn't love New Year's Eve. I'm someone who doesn't like the pressure. I would much rather like go away to the Ojai Valley Inn and Spaha with Jack and Adam And just relax and hang around the room and maybe, you know, go to brunch on New Year's, then go to a big party. Yeah, it's funny. It's it's turned into a family holiday for me as well. Not a party holiday. It's like a hangout with family holiday. And I feel like sort of culturally, it's not as big a deal as it used to be, but maybe that's just our age. I don't know. Right, maybe. But it does feel like there used to be a lot more expectations about like having big plans and But then you had a party a few years ago, didn't you? Well, I had a few families over at the last minute. It was like, oh, we're all around. Hey, come over. Um, And it was wonderful. We had a great time. But, you know, every year is different. There's someone who's going out of town. Someone else is going to something fancy. You know, it just changes. So it's not like I felt like I could make that a tradition, although I would have been happy to. So, yeah, it's always a conundrum. It's always kind of this dread, like, oh, God, New Year's Eve is coming. What are we doing? Yeah, yeah. It feels like you need a plan. But don't I remember that years ago you actually went to Times Square to watch the ball drop? I wasn't. I was by Times Square. Yes, when I was um, young yeah. with my friend Suzanne. We visited New York. It was before you lived there. We stayed with her sister. But we were actually in a cab going by Times Square, I think, when the ball dropped. Oh. But, <laughs> but, but it, I, I had a, a ball drop adjacent experience. <laughs> yes. Now, the, the cool thing, though, in L.A., of course, is that you can watch the ball drop at 9 p.m. <laughs> so we have a 9 p.m. New Year's here. That's my kind of years. It's, it's, it's time adjusted. Are you ever up at midnight? Um, I'm often awake. Like, I'll be in bed. And they often, There's a lot of fireworks around that time, too. So, like, I'll mm. dimly hear the fireworks. Jamie usually kind of has the TV on, so I'm kind of dimly aware of it. But I, yeah, I'm usually like tucked under the covers. Um, I have yeah. to admit, yeah, that's I am, I am that fuddy-duddy. So you're either the person who puts on the ball gown and goes <laughs> out and gets their makeup done and dances till midnight, or you're like home having pizza, watching the ball drop. And you and I are more in that category. But who knows? Maybe it will change. Yeah, maybe it will change. <laughs> well, Happy New Year. 
Um, Happy New Year. So now for a listener answer. Okay, so sometimes we do listener questions and we'll answer as best we can. But sometimes we ask for listener answers because we think it's a tough problem. So now, happier helpers, it's time for you to come into the conversation because this is a sticky situation. We came up with some solutions, but we think we should throw it out for comment. So listen and think about whether you have an answer that you want to propose for this listener. Or you can send this an email or a voice memo to podcast at GretchenRubin.com. So Gretchen, this week's listener, we're going to leave anonymous because it's a bit of a sticky situation, but she was making great progress with a resolution, which is very appropriate for our walk for 20 and 20 challenge, Uh, but she's run into a snag. She says, in September, I began pairing my daily walk with my trip to the bus stop with my youngest son. I was already outside, had shoes on, et cetera, so it made sense to continue on rather than heading for home. A few weeks into my routine, a couple of the other moms asked what I was up to, liked the idea of my morning walk, and asked to join me. As an obliger, I liked the idea of these ladies being my outer accountability. Fast forward. I find myself trying to get out of these walks now. Mm. I don't necessarily enjoy the company of these women while they are perfectly friendly. Also, there has been some conflict between two of our children that has made some of the walks slightly awkward. I feel myself longing for the mornings when I was walking alone and could listen to podcast books or music and push myself to walk farther if I wanted to. I feel trapped by the conversations, the walking routes, and these women. How can I, quote, break up with them without sacrificing my morning walk that was paired perfectly with my trip to the bus? Unfortunately, I have to walk past both their houses to get to any route I may take to stay in my neighborhood. I can wait until later or drive somewhere, but that means my walk is no longer paired and I fear I'll just stop going. All right, Gretchen, sticky situation. This is a tough situation. So listeners, we want to know your suggestions and we'll we'll take a stab at it. But one of the things I want to say is if people don't know what the strategy of pairing is, the strategy of pairing is where you pair something that you have to do like walk your son to the bus stop with something that you like to do, like listen to a podcast. And then because you like the part about listening to the podcast, it makes you want to do the thing you have to do more. And so she's talking about how the strategy of pairing is working really well for her here, as well as just the kind of the accountability that's coming from, you know, she has to walk her son mm-hmm. um, to the bus stop. So, so it's working really well. And it's frustrating when something's working really well and then something happens to disturb yes. it. And that is what has happened to her. What do you think, Elizabeth? Um, Gretch, I sort of think this might be a white lie situation. <laughs> yes. um, where, well, because look, it's not lying if it's if it's for social um, uh, lubrication, right? It's right. just like that's what I think that's what the world has decided. That yeah. white lies are okay. But what but what is the white lie you would tell? What's what white lie well, would you say? I might say I was listening to an audiobook and just say, hey, I'm really into this audiobook. I'm trying to get it done. Mm. So I'm just going to go ahead and walk ahead because I don't want to get drawn into conversation, tempting conversation. And then if you usually if you break things a few days, then it's like a new pattern emerges mm-hmm. and it might take care of itself. Mm-hmm. You could also say that you know, in LA, you could say, oh, my therapist wants me to have like just some, you know, um, quiet time walking every day. So I have to go on my own. 
People wouldn't even <laughs> question that. So that would be a good white lie. Uh, maybe she could speed walk. Um, be like, ooh, yes. you know, I'm trying to push myself faster, so I'm gonna I'm gonna walk ahead. And maybe they'd be like, oh, okay, because probably they don't want to speed walk. That could be. And then you just speed walk until you're out of sight and then walk however yes. you want. But maybe she doesn't want to do that. Of course, you could also, Gretchen, she said she likes to push herself further. So yeah. one thing she could do is she could sort of make the concession of walking with them for a distance. And then when they get to the end point, she could say, oh, I'm actually going to walk further today. I promised myself I would. And then she could walk a little bit further, and then she would have the return walk on her own. Right. I don't think anyone would be at all surprised or hurt if she's like, I want to go further than you guys want to go. I mean, I don't yeah. think. Uh, yeah. I, that's a really good solution because then maybe it, you sort of you get yourself out of that pickle of how to say no to them if that's socially difficult. But then you're still getting it more than half of it back to yourself. Yeah. But this reminds me, this predicament reminds me, um, do you remember way back we talked about Cindy and her problem, she said, was my boss quit smoking and now wants to join me in my precious solo lunchtime walks. And people, yes. people, it's kind of a, a related question. People had such interesting responses. So we introduced it in episode 108 and then we did a deep dive in episode 112. <laughs> so if you're, if you're really interested in kind of this class of of problem. I will post the links to episode 108 and 112. And then, of course, we will return to this when we hear from listeners about yes. their suggestions. Um, hang in there, Anonymous. We are, <laughs> we're coming to you with all sorts of suggestions to deal with this very tough problem. But, you know, it's so smart that she's thinking, like, this is really working. This is why this is working. And this is why this potentially might stop working. So I need to come up with a plan. That is the way to keep an important mm -hmm. resolution is like that kind of that kind of forethought. So gold star for you. And we hope that we will have many suggestions to come. Coming up, I give myself a very familiar happiness to merit. But first, this break. Okay, Elizabeth, it's time for happiness, demerits, and gold stars. And we take turns with demerits and gold stars. And this week, it's your turn for a demerit. Yes. So, Gretchen, this is something I swear I'll never do again over and over. Um, and then I do it, which is getting into sort of a workplace emergency suspension. Oh, now what is that? Where, okay, <laughs> it's where I'm like, I have a lot of work to do, a lot of deadlines, and I just let everything else go. So it's like an emergency, you know, like, oh, I can't worry about that because I'm in an emergency. And so I, like right now, I need to go to the eye doctor. I need to get a mammogram. I need to go to my regular doctor. Also, like I've been eating lunch out every day and I know I gain weight when I eat lunch out. It's just a fact. And when I don't eat lunch out, then I don't gain weight. So you can do the math on that one taking down decorations. I mean, just everything. I let everything else fall away. And the problem for me is that it's not just for a day. Like my work emergency, the way I approach it isn't for a day. It's like months at a time. Well, I know you've said this um, before about like when you're making a pilot, that it's like a pilot is such a huge deal and it's so all encompassing that you sort of get into this mode where you're like, we're making a pilot nothing else matters. Like unless 
unless it's like the tippy tippy top priority, like everything else has to fall away. Yeah. And I mean, I'm worried because right now Sarah and I are in the writing phase, but I hope we'll be making at least one pilot, if not two, soon. And then this is just going to ramp up even more. So it's like, I have to get a grip on it now. Well, you know, I think, I mean, I've definitely felt this way myself. And the thing that's interesting about it is it's almost, it's it's very comforting almost to be in this sort of emergency suspension, as you call it. It's it's very seductive because it makes you, you feel like, oh, well, I can just let go of everything else. All those other worrisome tasks, mm-hmm. like all those scheduling and all those kind of annoyances, like, I can just let them go. I don't have to worry about them. I just need to focus on what matters most. Life it just becomes very simple. And so I feel yeah. like there is something very a- attractive about that. I mean, it sounds unpleasant, but in a way, there's an aspect to it that's that's a relief. Yeah, it's like, oh, I don't have to worry about scheduling my mammogram. I, right. I'm too busy. And it's like, no, wrong way to think. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Gretchen, as soon as I'm done recording this podcast, I'm going to at least make my mammogram. There you go. It. Good, good, good. Okay, okay gold star. A gold star snatched from a demerit discussion. Good job. <laughs> okay, Gretchen, what is your gold star this week? Well, I want to give a gold star to the many listeners who have written in or let me know on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, or whatever, to make sure that I knew about two terrific new podcasts um, which if you know what I'm interested in, you know I'm very interested in, and I'm, and indeed I have been very interested in. And those are the podcasts, Dolly Parton's America and Office Ladies. Mm. And I love them both, and I think everybody should check out both podcasts. But beyond that, I was just so touched that so many people were like, oh my gosh, I want to make sure Gretchen knows about the Office Ladies podcast because she's so into the office. So it's just really, it really... Um, it really made me happy to know that so many people were like, wanted to make sure that I knew about those things. Um, so that's thank so you, everyone. Nice. Yeah. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Choose a one-word theme for the year. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Let us know what your one-word theme is, how you're going to remember your one-word theme, and happy 2020 to all of us. Yes, yes. happy 2020. Yes, we hope this is a great year and a great decade. Thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, our engineer, Bob Tabador, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Instagram, at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Liz Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And as always, if you like this show, please do be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us however you listen to your podcast. This week, the resources. I have so many free PDF resources at GretchenRubin.com slash resources to help you with your New Year's resolution. So go check it out. But there are two that I wanted to mention in particular. If you want the resolution chart that I use for my own happiness project to use as inspiration, you can get that. And the last page note is blank. So you can use it as a template for yourself. Um, You can get that. Or if you want to download the checklist for habit change, which is the one page chart that will help you figure out which of the strategies to use for whatever habit it is that you're trying to change, Both of these are at GretchenRubin.com slash resources. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us Onward and Upward. Gretch, I should have reminded everybody that um, we interviewed Jenna Fisher um, from The Office on Happier in Hollywood. 
Way back, I just looked it up in episode 27. Oh, wow. Yes. Pam Beasley. She was in the studio talking to you. (laughs) Yeah. The loveliest person. Yeah. From the Onward Project.